Hi, welcome back to Travel Time. As I've mentioned before, we are big fans of the Disney Cruise Line and love cruising, especially as a break from cold winter weather. And then we most often sail on the Disney Cruise Line. The Magic was actually the first ship we ever sailed on, and now we've been on it twice overall. For both trips, we were on deck two and aft, and both were out of Miami at the beginning of January in, in the two times we went. Um, our first cruise, we went on a three-night cruise. We had some concerns about one of the people in our family or two of the people in our family possibly being seasick. So we wanted to kind of test the waters, to so to speak. So we went on the shortest cruise they have on the East Coast. After some research, we decided to do a deck two cabin aft in an inside stateroom. We had um, 2611 on that cruise. My husband loved it mostly because it was so dark at night in the inside stateroom with no porthole window, things like that. I liked it, but preferred having a window or even a veranda, which we've had on subsequent cruises. We've only had a veranda once when we were on the Dream, and it was really nice to have that deck. Deck 2 aft especially has a lot of advantages that shouldn't be overlooked. So it's close to dining in the evenings. You can get, you can cut the getting ready for dinner time a little closer because you, once you're ready, you're just basically right there by the restaurant. It's also close to evening entertainment for the adult areas on, um, on the four ships. Doesn't, we can't tell yet if it's like that on the wish or not, but if we do, there are some changes on the wish that I'll address later that we've already seen. Less hall traffic. It's also far, pretty far from the kids areas, at least on the magic, the wonder, or the dream and the fantasy. We were a little worried. We hear all the dining room and kitchen noise above, but we heard none. And not when we were in 2611 and not when we were on a little bit different part of aft um, deck two, both of which were under a kitchen, but we didn't hear anything the entire time. We'd had a couple of people tell us that you might, but apparently wherever we were, we didn't. We have stayed on deck two four different times on different ships in the fleet. It's always been a good voyage. We haven't had a single one where we wouldn't have done that cabin again. Our only stop on this particular first cruise was Castaway Key, which was also fine for us because we discovered very quickly that we love at sea days. Our day in Castaway Key was pretty windy and a little on the chilly side for the beach. was also January. But it wasn't too cold for, to swim, at least for us and most of the people that were on the cruise from northern northern places. A lot of the people that were from areas where they're used to being warm thought it was way too cold to swim. Um, we heard them talking about it. But for us, we've been on now, I believe, three or four January cruises. And that seems to be pretty typical for Castaway Key in January, at least the first week of January, which is when we usually go. So just a word of warning there. When we went on this first trip, Rapunzel's Royal Table wasn't there yet. It was still karaoke's. And we actually really liked karaoke's because the menu was so very different and fun. To be honest, I prefer the karaoke's menu to the animator's palette menu. But I do love Rapunzel's better than both. It was a, it was a good substitute for that reason. We've also had one of our favorite servers of all time, um, O'Shane, who was on that first voyage. He was amazing, really funny, really friendly, and terrific with the kids who at that point were much younger. At the end of the first cruise, our unanimous decision was that it wasn't long enough. So we went on a seven-nighter the next time, but the seven-nighter was on the fantasy. And I think I've covered that in a, in a past podcast already. Our second time on the magic, we again took a four-night cruise that had a day at sea. Um, it included a stop at Key West and a stop at Castaway Key again. For this trip, we went down and we were out of Miami. So we stayed at a Hilton in downtown Miami the night before. 
It was actually kind of fun because we could see the hotel or not the hotel, but the cruise directly from the hotel room we were in, which was really fun. When the, um, when the ship pulled into port overnight, we woke up and the ship was, was there, which was fun. We were very happy on this cruise to get to go to Rapunzel's Royal Table twice. It was only like a year and a half or maybe two years between when we went on the magic the first time and when we went the second time. And during that time, during a dry dock, they had added Rapunzel's Royal Table. So we were very anxious to try that. It was a new addition from our first cruise, obviously. But on this trip, we got, since it was a four night, one of the restaurants repeated itself. And just by luck, we ended up with Rapunzel's Royal Table. We also got into the game shows on this particular cruise. Um, we played How Well Do You Know Your Family. There are a couple other game shows that are kind of based on um, our trivia things and things like that that we tried as well. When we got to Key West, we decided not to do an excursion on this trip. We typically do the Disney-sponsored excursions if we're in some place that we don't have any idea of the layout or we've never been to before just to make sure that we have we're back on the ship by the time it sails off in this case we'd never been to key west before but since it was a u.s port and we were in the u.s we didn't really think we'd have much trouble so my youngest we ended up deciding to split up on this one which we don't typically do on port excursions but my oldest and my husband wanted to sleep in so my youngest and i left the ship early to go to the turtle rescue and check out the town after we checked out the turtles and walked down to the southernmost point of the us we got an ice cream along the way we got there and which is typical there is a very long line to get a picture with the marker that says it's southernmost point in the united states we chose not to wait in line for the picture but we did just take a picture from the side. So it doesn't say all the text that it says on the front, but it does show the little the thing that looks like a boy. And we took a picture there and we were actually fine with that. My oldest and my husband decided they'd rather sleep in, as I mentioned, and they disembarked a bit later. Ran They kind of wandered around a different section of town. And we ended up actually showing up at the southernmost tip at about the same time. Um, we had just done a few more things before we got there. They had explored a different street, as I mentioned, and they tried to visit a restaurant that was famous for being the inventor of the Sloppy Joe, a claim that's apparently contentious. <laughs> um, but the restaurant's called Sloppy Joe's. Um, they also went by the Key West Aquarium as well, which is where we had gone seen the turtle rescue. But uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't stand there and befriend each and every turtle like we did, um, <laughs> just based on the amount of time they were there. On both trips, the Aqua Dunk was a hit with my husband and my oldest son. It's not a coaster like the Fantasy and the Dream. It's more of a plunge down a tube. Um, it's over pretty quick, but they both really liked it. They did add Tangled the Musical before our second Magic Cruise, which wasn't on the first time. And I actually really enjoyed this one. It's probably my favorite of all of their musicals that they do in the Disney theaters. We don't always go to the shows, especially if they're really princess focused. But Rapunzel, um, Tangled, that is, is really funny in my opinion. And so we went to this one and the musical also was very funny. So we really enjoyed it. One of the things we like on the magic and on the wonder that help make help make us prefer the smaller ships is the pub. O'Gill's on the magic and the Crown and Finn pub on the wonder are, are ironically much bigger, at least in feel than on the magic, um, than on the dream and the fantasy. In the fantasy and dream, the pubs are long and skinny in shape and far and far too small for the larger crowds. So if you have like adult trivia, like eighties tunes or things like that, where that tend to get packed, especially in the evenings, they just don't fit in the fantasy and dream a lot very well. You end up 
probably more than half the people end up standing with nothing, uh, nothing to lean on to like write down their answers. You barely fit some people, you know, basically it hits capacity really soon. And that really doesn't happen in our experience on the magic and the wonder. I, I just, I didn't, I just stopped going to trivia on some of the larger ships sometimes because if they were in the pub, it just wasn't enjoyable at all. On the smaller ships, there's plenty of room most of the time. Um, sometimes it's a little bit crowded, but it never feels quite as crowded as on the dream and the fantasy. And since that's one of our favorite places for hanging out, we really prefer to be non-cramped, um, like on the wonder and magic. One comment, and part of why it's so small in the dream and fantasy, seems to be because they have a champagne bar that is empty, from what I could tell, a large percentage of the time. I think it's used for a very small portion of the day for tastings and things, and maybe it's really hopping at night after when we go to bed, but it feels like it's just empty all the time. And if to me, it feels like that space should be evaluated on future ships. But um, both the Wonder and the Magic also have a promenade promenade lounge, which is a great hangout space. Um, sometimes it has games, organized games, things like that. Sometimes um, it has music softly playing or, or some band there, things like that. It's even nice for me for like reading a book by the window. So some mornings it might be too chilly to be out on deck. But I like to just get one of the little tables for two by the window early in the morning when the ship is kind of calm. And I might just sit up there and read with a hot chocolate or something and enjoy um, just kind of peace and quiet. There is nowhere like that in the dream and fantasy. And I think that's it's, it's really a shame because I really enjoy that space. My husband and my boys also a lot of times would use it. They would be ready for dinner maybe a few minutes before me if I was like redoing my makeup or something. And they would go up there because a lot of times right before dinner, they'd have like little appetizers like chips and salsa or something like that. And they the three of them would go up and hang out together, have some father-son time. We asked if there was any place like that on the Dream of the Fantasy. And basically, we're told it's the adult bar area, which is really not the same, particularly because in the evenings, kids aren't allowed in those bars. In the bar that they suggest you go to on the, on the other ships, there's like a circular bar in the center, which means what the activities that they usually hold in the promenade lounge, which might be like family trivia or games and things like that, that are kind of smaller in nature to what would be in the D lounge. Those games are not as easy to play on the Dream of the Fantasy. So they usually host them in this room that has a circular bar in the center. And if you're not one of the first people there and get on the side of, or you guess wrong and you get on the side of the bar where the MC is not standing, you end up not being able to see anything that's happening. And it's pretty difficult to hear because you're all the way on the other side and the bar is blocking your view. So if they use the screen for anything, which they commonly do, you can't see anything on that screen. Um, so an example would be they show, they do like the animation cell classes where they teach you how to draw Mickey Mouse or they teach you how to draw Donald Duck. On the, Disney, on the Magic and Wonder, those are in the Promenade Lounge. On the Fantasy and Dream, those are held in basically that bar area with the big central bar. Unless you're one of the 10 or 15 people in front, you can't see anything that's going on. There's almost no point to being there because you can't tell how they're drawing or what steps they're taking next. So that that's just one piece of feedback I'd have. And it's a little challenging on those bigger ships. We definitely love the magic. I think a lot of the other things are very similar to things I've talked about on the other ships. The pool's roughly the same size. The, the setup of everything is pretty similar. The magic is my husband's favorite ship. So I think he would be on it anytime he possibly could. Um, for me, I like them all for different reasons. Um, but the magic and the wonder are definitely my favorites. If I had to pick if they just said, come pick just, just one that you want to look at or be on, I would be more likely to pick the, um, 
the magic or the wonder just because the size of it, I think is a little more intimate and nice. The one thing I will say is that we are going to be going on another trip on the magic, hopefully in 2022, after things open back up. And I'm really excited to go there because we're going to be doing one of the European sailings and the magic, which we haven't done yet. Both of ours were in the Caribbean. So we will hopefully have some more stories about that when we get back from those from that trip next year. They do have three restaurants. So they have the rotational dining like the other ships. They have the three restaurants are Rapunzel's Royal Table, Animator's Palette, and Royal Court. And so those the, the first two are very much like the other ships. It's called something different on each ship, but basically Royal Court is pretty much the same. It's basically French-inspired food in kind of a fancier setting than the other two. A lot of people like to end up there when they're on, um, if there's a longer cruise and there's like a dress-up night, people generally tend to like it if they're in that, that restaurant. Animator's Palette is pretty much the same as the other ships. There are a few minor story variations, but the menu is exactly the same. And then Rapunzel's Royal Table is just really fun. The menu is really nice, but also in addition to that, they have um, a little bit of a show that goes on. And if you go more than once, there are actually two shows that are slightly different that go on. And um, that is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that one. They can put me in Rapunzel Royal Table as much as they want. In general, I am a fan of seems like they have been starting to switch over at least the third restaurant over to like a Disney property type restaurant on each ship. And I love that there's something that's only on that ship as opposed to all three restaurants being the same on every single ship. It does look like the wish has done that even better. They looks like they have three entirely different restaurants. So I'm very excited about seeing that. Uh, hopefully I will have news soon that we're booking. We're not definitely not going on the inaugural cruise, but we do, we are trying to see if we can get on board um, sometime in the first couple months they're sailing there. So fingers crossed on that one. The wonder also has, you know, the movie theater, like the other ships and the kids clubs edge for the preteens and vibe for the teenagers. And then the oceaneers lab and lab uh, and club for the little, the little kids, as well as a nursery for smaller kids. If you want to pay for babysitting for the little ones, the very little ones, we like to enjoy our room. Like the amenities are important because we are in and out of there during the day, but for most of the day, you're probably not going to be in your room much unless you're just not feeling well for whatever reason, or, you know, you just, you just need a little bit of break in the quiet. And in my experience, you can do that just as well on deck two. We've been in an ocean view room on deck two and on an inside state room on deck two. And we liked both. I personally prefer having at least a window to the outside just because I like to sit and watch the ocean go by. Yeah. Don't let that keep you away from cruising. And I do think our strategy of taking the three day cruise, the very first time we went since a couple people in the party were apprehensive about it worked out great. Um, it gave us kind of the confidence to go on some longer cruises. And since that first cruise, all but one of our cruises have been longer than three nights. One year we could only squeeze in a three night. So we went, but we've been on a four night. We did a seven night in the Caribbean. We've done a nine night in Alaska. Um, and then there's two, three nights and we have some coming up. Um, I think it's an eight night, eight or nine night. When we go to Europe, we do love the longer cruises because it feels like, and now it feels like you're off too fast, <laughs> especially after our long Alaska cruise. But yeah, I highly recommend the magic. Check it out if you haven't already. And don't be afraid if you can't get it or you want to you want to try a little bit less expensive cruise the first time and ride in an inside stateroom, say on deck two, you will have just as much fun. A lot of people will tell you if you can't get a veranda, don't go, but I'm not one of those people. Our next episode, we're going to have one on Hilton Head coming up. We um, were able to go to over our spring break and we hopefully will have a couple other episodes. We will be going on a trip out to the Southwest of the United States. 
during summer vacation. So hopefully we'll have a few different episodes about the different places we're going. We're doing kind of a big circle of national parks. So I'll be happy to share information from that trip as well when we get back. In the meantime, happy travels. Happy travels.